private menia sovat. Jo jisimi cocktailer. Is this German or is this Russian? Soviet Russia. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. You normally ask me how I'm doing. I'm going to say I'm doing good. Look, Kaktela, <laughs> Soviet Russia. Uh, yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing great. But why is it so much angrier than the other languages that you do? I, I don't I think. I think Russian is just the a only naturally way I know how to do it is angry. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. I butchered it. You know, I've nailed every single accent or not even accent language, but I butchered that one. Sorry, guys. Anyway, cup of Joe and Jimmy coming at you, coming at you hot. Um, I'm Joe. I'm here with Jimmy. And as always, Luke and <laughs> Chewbacca's here too. Still, Ch- I mean. Chewbacca's in the room, chilling with us. Um, yeah. So, guys, I said last week we had a good show, and guess what? We have this week a good show. Get excited because um, we got some good stuff coming at you. We're gonna do Masters recap. An exciting weekend at the Masters. If you're not Tiger Woods fans, um, let's see. Something happened in UFC with Conor McGregor. We're going to talk about that and see how legitimate we think that was. Um, And we have an interview with uh, Garrett Williams from Clemson University to, uh, yeah, he's going to join the show and we're going to talk to him about his successes at Clemson and then what's to come for the football season. So uh, maybe a little trivia, guys, at the end, a little bit, bringing back a fan favorite. Ooh, I like it. All right, that's our show. So yeah, grab your cup of Joe and Jimmy and enjoy. Let's do it. I swear that that song gets better every week man what a what a good tune all right guys before we jump into the sports content it is uh my actual personal favorite segment uh what burns my biscuits but today it is what burns jimmy's biscuits jimmy nugent coming at us hot with a hot take jimmy go if the first time ever i think this this gonna be uh a big milestone cup of joan jimmy this one will have slightly to do with sports Ooh, yeah. Is it controversial? Um, it's controversial if you're one of these people that I'm talking about. I like it. You know what burns my biscuit, guys? What? Probably 80% of the population that plays pickup basketball. Specifically at a local YMCA near you, or just any outdoor court that you're trying to find. Now what I'm going to do for you guys, I'm going to run through some kids that kind of fit the bill for what burns my biscuit about pickup basketball. Kid number one, that's a foul kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I If you breathe on him, it's a foul. He comes in just because he missed it, it now considers a foul. Mm. He also is correlated with the and one kid that after every shot, even if there's maybe a little bit of contact, he's going to yell and one. Yes. Even if he didn't make it, it's still and one. There's also the... I'm tired, so let's jack around, kid. 
the one where everyone still wants to play, but because he's tired, he's just going to start jacking up threes. Very frustrating. And just, just try and have a fun time. There's the, I'll blame it on my shoes, kid. The, I yeah, I'm not wearing my basketball shoes, so that's why I'm playing so awful right now. I would normally be playing pretty well. A fan favorite is the, if I didn't get a hip replacement, I'd be D1 guy. <laughs> that's my favorite guy. Yeah, the, the classic guy that really all he does is just stay in the corner and jack up threes. Normally wearing a headband. Normally wearing a headband. <laughs> At least some sweatband. He, knee brace. Yeah, knee brace, pretty expensive shoes because that's what he spent his um, excess income on. Yeah, he'll tell you after he hits a shot, yeah, you know, I was being recruited by all these schools, but got a hip replacement um, coming out of coming out of high school, so didn't, didn't, didn't get to go D1. There's also rules kid. Mm. This is a bad one. This, this, this is the kid that normally gets me pretty mad. This is a kid they'll call carrying in basketball. The one that'll call backcourt violations. And the one that <laughs> Luke Luke said he, he's had a kid that called a three second violation, um, yes, yes. and playing pickup basketball. That that That's one's tough. pretty brutal. There's also the the one who no one wants to be on the same team with is the ISO kid. That's a kid who walks down and just starts yelling ISO, and so he's just gonna go and he's just gonna jack up a shot and he's not gonna pass it to anyone. I don't think I can go any farther because I think I'm getting myself a, a little upset thinking about. All these pickup basketball kids. What, what what's your what's your opinion on this, Joe? Yep, I agree. Very frustrating. Makes the uh, the whole the whole situation not fun. And usually the kid that just chucks up the three, uh, the ISO kid, he, he usually laughs after he misses it. Like it's just some joke. Uh, did you? I don't know if you mentioned this one, but the breakaway dunk guy. Is, oh yes, that is a that's my uh, that's, that's my pet point. peeve. The guy that has a lot of fast breaks in the open and goes up for a dunk every time and misses every time. Buddy, you can't dunk it. Make a layup so our team can actually win. Yeah, because he dunked a tennis ball in an eight-foot hoop once. He thinks that, yeah, if he gets an open court, he's going to be able to cram it home. Yeah, and, and, then, and then he laughs, and laughs. no one else is laughing. No one, else, no one else enjoyed what you just did, buddy. Very frustrating. Yeah, I think we've we've come across um, a few of those in our time playing pickup. One of my, uh, one of my favorites is the... Uh, the kid that goes in for a layup might be a little contact. Um, might hurt his ankle, um, in quotes, hurt his ankle. Um, gets up a little slow. Um, ball, ball's going the other direction, and uh, you know he's still getting up slow. And then all of a sudden, his team gets the ball back. Turnover, cherry pick, easy layup, <laughs> yeah. runs back on yes. D like yeah, nothing sprints happened. back. Turn, yeah. yeah, very. That's a happens good one. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Next next play, they're feeling good, sprinting down, doing well because they just scored. That's bad. Yeah, that's what bothers me about the culture of pickup basketball. If you go to a local YMCA near you, you can probably look around. If you observe for a little bit, you'll be able to pick out one of these one of these players in there. They're not hard to find. Play for about thirty seconds with with them, and you're gonna find probably eighty percent of the people I just talked about. Yeah, I like it, Jimmy. I like it. Definitely burns my biscuits. Uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being honest as always. Okay, guys. Time for uh, a little sports talk, and we're going to start with the Masters. Um, but first, a word from our sponsors. Your local YMCA pickup basketball player. I don't care that you made the game-winning shot in high school. You're terrible now at the age of 40. Pass the ball. Local YMCA basketball player. Okay, guys. Uh, as always, those are real advertisements. We get paid. I know they're very specific and very strange. But, Who specifically would be paying us on that one? Um, I believe YMCA gyms. 
they want they want the word out there. Yeah, about about the kind of competition you deal with there. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, Masters has finished up. Jim Nance has gone back into his slumber, and the azaleas are no longer pink. They're locking him back up in his cage. Yeah, they'll release him back in a year. Do they, do they have azaleas at Augusta? Yeah, man. the The coverage never showed those bad boys. Yeah, it was Just, like that was the only backdrop. Every time they showed the leaderboard, is the azaleas. I might go light those things on fire, burn them down. That's not. A, that's a fake threat. That's not a real. Joe's Joe's just joking around. Yeah, couldn't even get in. Couldn't even get in. I. But if I could get in, I don't think the first thing I would do would not be burn down the azaleas. I'd probably play a round of golf first. I but, think Sergio's new daughter's name is Azalea. Fun fact. Is it? Yeah. Huh. Seems like a spur of the moment thing. Good for him though. Okay. I wonder if he has bad feelings about that name now after a eight over on a par five, but we'll get into it. Yeah, I mean I had a good I had a good day one time and there's a bush next to me. Am I gonna name my daughter Bush? <laughs> he's he's lucky with Azalea, that's a pretty name for a flower. Okay. Uh yeah, guys, so Patrick Reed came through with the victory. His first ever major victory at the age of twenty seven. Captain America. Captain America, but does not really resemble what we think of when we think of Captain America. I think he has the same build. Same build as me, honestly. We're both, uh, we have the features there to be good-looking guys, but we enjoy the burgers too much. I, I think I think you're both good-looking guys, Joe. Thanks, Jim. I share your your genes, so I hope so. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, as, as Patrick Reed was going to the last hole, he started talking about, uh, the commentator started talking about how Patrick Reed loves Imagine Dragons. I'm looking at this guy. He's wearing Nike. He likes to wear red and black on Sundays to send an ode to Tiger, and uh, he loves Imagine Dragons. I'm thinking, dear Lord, this is Joe on the 18th hole right yeah, now. Yeah, it really resembled me. Yeah. Absolutely. Golf game pretty similar? Um, Yeah. 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 I'd say I, I, I say I could take him. But so Patrick Reed uh, was able to come away with the victory. Ricky Fowler came in, coming in second place, shooting 14 under par, and then Jordan Spieth with a nine under Sunday to shoot, uh, was it nine under or eight under? Eight under 64. Eight under 64. Yeah, missed the record by, or missed tying the record by stroke there to finish at 13 under, come in third place. So guys, I ask you, what was your favorite kind of storyline to to watch uh, this, this weekend or on Sunday specifically? What was exciting about this finish? I'll tell you what wasn't my favorite storyline. Even though it was um, inspirational in the beginning, Tony Finau, Finau, how do you guys say it? Finau, Finau. Right? yeah. Did he hurt his ankle this week? Yeah, yeah. So if you guys don't know, Tony Finau in the par three contest that was on Wednesday um, for the Masters. It's on Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. He made a hole-in-one, which is spectacular. Nah, and, not on the not on yeah, the par true. three those things, those things just funnel it's in. It's a joke. It's like, yeah, it's like we're playing at Congo River. Tony Finau got a hole-in-one, starts celebrating, starts running backwards, and twists his ankle but doesn't just twist it actually dislocates it and pops it back in place he's then back playing the next day and is in the lead for a little bit i think didn't end up finishing in the lead but boy did they make him the sister gene of the masters tournament this I year i mean every time he came on the screen they yeah. had to remind us yeah i remember jim oh there's tony finau Nance. tony finau eating a granola bar on the third hole i'm impressed he can do that because he twisted his ankle yesterday. Oh, man, Jim, I, I did not remember that. My favorite storyline, though, uh, started at the end of the... Started today on Sunday. 
I was liking seeing Ricky really be in contention for a major. Hurts me he still isn't one one. But I was I was liking seeing him play well. He's he's not really a player you can ever cheer against. He's he's a good guy, he's a good ambassador of the game, and I would love to see him win a major. He got super close, did everything he could on that back nine, played a really good back nine. So yeah, I like Ricky being in contention. Um if it's not Tiger, I wouldn't mind it being Ricky, you know? Yeah, there are so many storylines going into this week. Um, how will the old guys, uh, Tiger and Phil, keep up with the young pups? I think the Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy final pairing obviously provided um, plentiful storylines. Um, Rory seeking to um, finish off the Grand Slam and Patrick Reed trying to break through for his first major. We know the history between them and the Ryder Cup. Um, but I thought what was interesting last night before the round um, – some of the pundits were discussing how all the pressure was on Patrick Reed to uh, you know, win his first major. But today, I think it was Nick Faldo mentioned, or maybe it was Jim Nance, they suggested that Roy McIlroy had all the pressure on him today. He, he can only close off his Grand Slam once out of every, once every year, basically, um, at Augusta that he already has the, um, he has the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and the PGA. And so Patrick Reed was able to um, play a little more freely, um, he's just going after his first major, so yeah, I it was. I'm not a big Patrick Reed fan, but um, I can definitely respect anyone who goes out there and earns um, a major. He's definitely played well enough um, these last couple of years to finally break through and win one. Yeah, and I would say that I don't. I wouldn't put this under the category of that Rory choked or anything. I mean, he started the day three back, and he he had to post a pretty good number to win it. And he just didn't have his stuff. I think he ended up shooting two over par for the ter- for for the day, um, and so I mean it was just a grind round for him, and he wasn't able to come through when it mattered most. But I wouldn't. I I had seen some comparisons to um, when he fell apart in was it 2011? Yep. At Augusta, yeah. I would not compare it to that at all. Uh, this was simply a guy that needed to make a little bit of a run on a Sunday and wasn't able to pull through. But it was really cool to see Rory uh, have, we saw glimpses of how good his game can really be and started to get the putter back on track, which is something he has really struggled with as of recent. So I'm excited to see, I mean, I think this Masters tournament, even with Tiger, uh, how he played, I think it sets up a really exciting PGA Tour season this year. Um, and I'm really excited for the U.S. Open. I think so many of these young guys are playing incredible golf, and the older guys are playing good golf, too, with Tiger and Phil. They both struggled a little bit this week, but we saw on Sunday Phil Mickelson with a 67, Tiger with a 69. Uh, they were able to get some momentum, and so I think both of their games are there. They are just a little off this week, and when you're a little off at Augusta, it can make you look silly at times. But So, guys, real quick, I ask you, what was it that you saw? Uh, what do you take away this week from Tiger? Unfortunately, it played into uh, what I said in the last episode, what my fears were about his game is that his iron game wouldn't be sharp and you needed to be sharp at Augusta, and that was apparent this week. Tiger drove pretty well for what um, I was expecting. He was drilling the ball past uh, Cabrera Bayo today. Uh yeah, looks really solid off the tee. Putter was pretty decent the whole weekend, other than today. It struggled. But what the consistent bad part about his game was his, his iron accuracy. 
and he wasn't able to score and he wasn't making par fives easy on him. Um, so you saw today he was a little more relaxed, was able to throw some balls in there and just hit it and just play golf like he knows how to. So Iron Game struggled, unfortunately. But, I mean, he made the cut, had a good solid last day. I feel better about it than I thought I would um, if you would have told me that he wasn't really even in contention. Um, I feel I feel pretty good about his game. Disappointing, obviously, but yeah. Maybe it was a little premature expectations. I like to get really excited about Tiger, but you know, he's looking he's looking pretty solid. I was I was I was happy about how he started looking at the end. Yeah, I mean I, first off I just wanted to say how great it was to have him back. It's been three years since he's played there and to see him wearing red on Sunday was really cool. This to me felt like when your favorite NBA or NFL team, um, you know, falls short in the playoffs or maybe doesn't make the playoffs. Tiger was never really in it Um, from start to finish. He got within four strokes on, I think it was Friday afternoon before he teed off and kind of went backwards from there. I felt like he struggled with one thing mightily each day. I think he struggled off the tee uh, Thursday. Irons were not sharp uh, on Friday. Short game chipping Saturday um, was a bit of a struggle for him and putting today um, was not great. Overall, Irons weren't um, great all week, actually. Hank Haney, um, one of Tiger's old swing coaches, mentioned on Twitter that, you know, it's a lot of people think, you know, Augusta, Tiger's had so much success there. Um, he, he's going to get a major there. and um, But Hank actually mentioned that he doesn't see Tiger getting or it, it being so easy for Tiger to win Augusta anymore. Tiger's ball flight, he used to hit it so high, and um, we know that's required at Augusta. And this year, the new-ish Tiger that we've seen post-back surgery, he's been hitting the ball lower. Um, those like three-quarter iron swings that he, he was throwing darts at Bay Hill, at Valspar, had so much success with that. I think him having him realizing he had to change his ball flight for this week um, did not bode well for him. Um, so that was disappointing. Um, posted a 69 today. was good to see that he got back into red numbers. Um, but yeah, overall, it was pretty disappointing. And, uh, you know, he's got something to work on moving forward. Yeah, I mean, when I think when I think back on it, it's this guy's first major in two and a half years. The first major conditions he's been in two and a half years. You know, I think he grinded. Not at what we were looking for, but definitely, definitely not feeling terrible about his game right now. Yeah, I mean, first uh, time back, playing the Masters in like a thousand days. Um, had it could have really gone low today. Putter was ice cold, but he was five under. On I think the, that was lack of focus. When you're so far back, it's like he doesn't need the money. So what's his focus with reading these putts? I think he was focused today. I think, I mean, I think it came today came down to pride and he wanted to prove to these guys he could go low still at this course. Uh, and he could have, but he was five under on the par fives today, which I mean, and there you go. You take advantage of those par fives like Tiger can, and it shows up in the scores. But yeah, I I think you guys uh, said everything that needs to be said about Tiger and but played four healthy rounds. Uh, swing speeds there, distances there, sharpen up the game and players is in a little the players championships in a little over a month and then we'll have the U.S. Open after that. So I'm excited for the rest of the year and Tiger's back in the top 100 world golf rankings. Woohoo! He's 80, right? Mm, it hasn't come out yet, but it'll be it'll be yeah, something I like that. I think he's 88 behind uh, or no? How has it been announced? Right in front of Bo Hostler. Old Bo Hostler, real tough finish the Houston Open. Yeah, 
pretty pretty equal skill levels there. I actually forgot to say one of my favorite moments of the week. Um, I'm not a huge Sergio Garcia fan, and no, don't do it to him. <laughs> Sergio on hole 15, I think it was, through yep. was it five? Five, in, yep. five of the drink. Yep, yep, yep. That's not gonna play. Yeah, got a 13 on a par five, as I said earlier. I've gotten a 14 on a par four. Yeah, we talked about it, but this is this is a man who dedicated his life to this game. So have I. You were uh you were a confused little ninth grader at yeah. that point. First time playing golf. Nah, I mean you played golf times before. Once a year. Once a year. Yeah. Um yeah, threw five in the water, but the the crazy part about it was he kept hitting in the same spot with the same club. It's like at a certain point, just drill that thing over the water. Just kept rolling back into the water, rolling back into the water. Tough. It was tough he, to watch. Yeah, you, you're literally watching this guy's master's hopes go away. And the worst part about it all is that he won last year, and the guy had to stay through the weekend even though he didn't make the cut. Missed the cup. Because he had to do the awkward uh, jacket ceremony with Patrick Reed and give him the jacket even though he didn't make the cut. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, very awkward, very unfortunate for him. Luke, I think uh, we ran an interesting poll. I want to get the results on that about Augusta. I asked... Would you rather play one round at Augusta and never get to go to the tournament, but you still get to watch the tournament at home, or you never get to actually play there, but you get to go to the Masters tournament every year for the rest of your life? Uh, I th- what, what were the results on that? Um, yeah, this was actually kind of shocking to me. I, w- I want to preface this by saying Augusta National has about 300 members. Mm-hmm. and um, Very exclusive. Outside of that, I'm not sure how many more players get to play um, that course each year, but I'm, I'm sure it's well under about 500 a year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's a very small percentage of the population. I mean, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson played, so you're, you're, you're looking at those kind of names that are able to get on. Yep, Condoleezza Rice. Mm-hmm. Um, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, like yeah. people like that are members. Anyways, the, the public and our followers um, said that they would rather go every year 56% um, to 44% play, play at once. 56% said they'd rather... You guys can watch it on it TV. Every... There are thousands of people attend this event every yeah, yeah. year. You just enter. Th- I mean, it'd be a great experience to go every year, but you not not better than just playing. But yeah, no. So I guess if people. you're not, I guess if you don't really play, if you don't play golf, you'd rather just go. So little people say that they could play Augusta, though. I don't care if I'm a if I average shooting a 120. I'm gonna go play Augusta. It's the most prize. It's probably the most prized golf course in the world. Do you agree, or do you think there's another one? Uh, no, I think it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's the best golf course in the world, but it's definitely the most exclusive yeah. and sought after. Yeah. Man. Um, I did want to, we, we talk a lot about, you know, caddy player conversations and um, how minimal dialogue there yep. is. Yep. Yep. I, think, point. I like that point. It, I think Put a good <laughs> one of my favorite quotes um, was Bricky on 18. Um, they were trying to decide a club. He, it, he this needed, was a beauty. He needed to go up and down for birdie um, to potentially get in a playoff with Patrick Reed. And uh, in, under that, uh, that extreme moment, extreme pressure, as Caddy says, yeah, I think take about five off and uh, play, stay, stay aggressive. Hold the line. Um, not really sure what that yeah, means. What does that take um, five off, play an aggressive line? Yeah. Five yards off of the club I'm hitting? I I, I don't know what you're saying, how Caddy. Do you, how do you take five off of a club? I'm not sure. I, I No clue. I struggle taking five off a club in the Tiger Woods video games. Yeah, take five off. Play a good line. Take like f- that line. And then you, you're taking five <laughs> off of the yardage. But then you're staying aggressive. Yeah, it makes no, yeah. You're taking a full swing, but taking five off. I guess. I, yeah. I, do do caddies ever say more than a six word sentence to their players? Nope. Love that play. Yeah. 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 And also, it's just, always love that play. Yeah, they, they never, never. They never disagree. They never disagree. Yeah. It's ever. Yeah. You, you should, could tell the caddy. Yeah, I'm gonna hit this backwards. Yeah. Love that play. Yeah. Love that play. Yeah, love that play. 
yeah, whatever. Blows my mind. But um, yep. So that's that's the Masters talk. What player would you be most scared? Oh, to be Jimmy's their caddy? not done with Masters talk. <laughs> what player would you be most scared to be their caddy? Um, mine's Spieth. Just because yeah, he's mine's definitely him. Bubba. I've Bubba seen... chews his caddy out. What about you, Luke? Mm. Um, Tiger would be intimidating as well. Tiger... No, Tiger does it himself though. He really never brings the that's caddy true. into play. He might, yeah, he just have to know to hold the bag. I think I think it'd be difficult to be Phil's caddy. He because you're all the, over the place. I mean, the, he dropped bones after a lot of years of right. The the create the creation in his mind that he is trying to um, the, the swings that he's trying to make. Like I, I'm not sure I would see those. And yeah, yeah. I, would, I think I would disagree a ton, but I have to say, you know, yeah, I like that play. Yeah, like that. and play from t- all angles of that golf course. And you can take your yardage book and chuck it out the window because you don't have yardage when you're hitting it 50 yards right in the pines. Yeah, right. if you're hitting it in someone's backyard, you probably don't have the yardage to the front bunker. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for Masters Talk. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the tournament this last weekend, and now we can get excited for the rest of the majors this year. Um, so we're going to move on into talking the the Conor McGregor situation. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. This next segment is brought to you by Azaleas. Azaleas, I used to think you were a beautiful flower, and now you're the last thing I want to see. Thank you, Augusta. Azaleas. Okay, guys, so we're going to talk about this real quick, going into an area we're not too familiar with, and that is um, the league of UFC um, and the incident that happened with Conor McGregor. Uh, Conor McGregor was charged with three counts of assault and one count of criminal mischief for he attacked a a bus at the Barclays Center that was carrying um, a bunch of UFC fighters and their cornermen, and... Dana White, because a lot of people thought that the attack was provoked because Conor McGregor's belt was stripped from him because he failed to defend it. Uh, Dana White said no. Dana White, the UFC president, said no, that wasn't the case, but this was be this happened earlier in the week, or this started earlier in the week, when Nurmagomedov, the Russian, a Russian fighter. That's a tough one to pronounce. Yeah, yeah. We, was, uh, it. we did Russian earlier in the episode. Had a little, had a little beef with one of Conor McGregor's fighters, one of the guys on Conor McGregor's teams, uh, team earlier in the week. And so that's kind of what provoked this whole thing. And Conor McGregor then brought his entourage, who they were quoted to say, hoodlums from Ireland, about 20 of them, to the Barclays Center uninvited to seek this bus out. And they Conor McGregor threw a chair in there, smashed glass, was just throwing things at him sent a few people to the hospital and a couple people had to back out of their fights because of injuries. Really weird situation. I would encourage you guys to watch the video of it. So, and then Dana White has been on talk shows all week saying this is not a stunt. This is terrible for the UFC. Conor McGregor's career could be over. All just going on and on about how bad this is for the brand, how bad this is for McGregor. I ask you now, was this, was this real or was this a stunt uh, to promote UFC, promote McGregor, promote the brand. Dana White says no, absolutely not. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Is that really a question? If this, if if Conor McGregor um, allowed himself to be subject to the court and took four criminal charges against him just for a publicity stunt, I don't I don't believe that at all. Like that that'd be the dumbest publicity stunt I've ever heard of. Um, no, nah, no, I don't think I don't think any of this was staged or it was a promotional product. I mean, he's he had to bail out. He's going to be charged. He's yeah. He's I think is it felony accounts too? I think it was felony cr- criminal mischief maybe. 
So if he becomes a felon, I don't think any promotional stunt is would be worth that. So no, I don't believe I don't believe that a bit. Yeah, well, I'll tell you why uh, why it could be a promotional stunt. A couple things here. One, this is the most publicity and the most yeah the most publicity that UFC has gotten since the McGregor Mayweather fight. UFC has really wanted Mayweather to come fight McGregor. I mean, that would be a huge, it'd be a just a huge event, bring in so many viewers. But they haven't really had that uh, kind of. They haven't had that kind of. Um, There's other ways to do it though than him being criminally charged. So, but listen. So now UFC has been trending this entire week. Uh, the most recent fight that Nurmagomedov won and took home the belt was a sold-out arena. I mean, the buzz around it was crazy. With everything going on with McGregor, people are seeing what's happening. Is McGregor done? Who's the next person coming up in UFC? So I would say if this was a publicity stunt, so far it's working. So far it has not hurt the brand. You're talking MMA. I mean, these are bad dudes. And if I, I don't think that this is a negative thing necessarily, and you're, you're Conor McGregor fans, no one's no longer a Conor McGregor fan because of this. In fact, you probably love the guy even more. You're thinking... Man, this guy is protecting his friends, and he's going after. He's getting his his entourage together and saying, "You you're not messing with us. We're gonna we're coming after you." I mean, if I'm a if I'm a McGregor fan, which I'm not, if I am though, I'm thinking this is pretty cool. I'm I'm all in on him. And then other people are just thinking, "Man, this is a bad dude." A lot of publicity. I I think it could be it'd be a crazy stunt, but I think it might be. And Dana White's reaction was so weird. With it was scripted. It was like. He, he just, if you watch, I would encourage, go, go back and watch some of his interviews that he's done this past week. It's very strange stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to call myself a huge uh, UFC guy. Um, but from the outside looking in, it does look like a stunt to me. Um, they, they do say any publicity is good publicity. Not for criminal charges, though. But, but what, I mean, what does the criminal charge he, change? He's going to get out of jail. He's, he's going to, you know, he's going to pay. He's going to get sued. He's going to, you know, he, he had to pay his bail. He's got money. Um, he's not going to go to jail. Like you said, I don't think there's any major repercussions for this for him. And then yeah, but wait. People got injured. Do you, it, yeah, do you, but wait until Conor McGregor's next fight, the buzz that's going to be around that. I realize and the that. the ticket but, that that's going to sell. But people got injured. Do you realize if it oh, ever came injuries, out? the injuries, it was a facial fracture. Listen, though, if it ever came out that this was a staged thing, they would be in so much trouble. The, for it injury. would never there, get there, proven. There, there would be such big lawsuits if it, that was ever figured out the people that got hurt that they were just part of a staged thing that they were told to go hurt them. WWE staged every night. Yeah. I will. <laughs> that's not. That's not a comparison. I will say um, we have seen in the past, um, whether it's an athlete or a, you know, movie star or whatever. I think there is some some fear of irrelativity, um, right? Of slipping into that, and you know, Connor just was stripped of his title or whatever for inact being inactive. Um, yeah, they're about to lose their biggest name in the sport. Because he's not interested in fighting, right? Or um, so he's becoming irrelevant, right? And now, he, boy, is and, irrelevant, and yeah. so is UFC. I mean, UFC was all over ESPN, and usually it was it's boxing that has it, but UFC was t has been taken over, right? So I think I think people will do drastic things to stay relevant. Is my is my point? Yep, I agree. Uh, my favorite part about all of this was an NYPD um, police officer said that. Conor McGregor's been cooperative and that he was seen shadow boxing um, 
before awaiting his arraignment, which is, sh- is, is just Conor McGregor to a T. Is shadow boxing when you're just like punching? Yes. You're pretending you're fighting someone? Yes. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. So if it is a publicity stunt, good on you, UFC. You really pulled this one off. Uh, if it's not, this is quite embarrassing for all parties involved, like Dana White said, including you, Dana White. What what kind of interviews were those, man? You were like a robot. They, yeah, I wanted to mention Dana White was quoted as saying, um, do you want to chase this guy around for interviews and buy his fights, implying that the answer was no, when right. it's emphatically to me, yes. Right, um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. The I've o- never been more interested in Conor McGregor than I am now, and the, I will tune into his next fight. The only thing that I'll support your guys' point on it is it was very strange that the, someone was videotaping from inside the bus and someone in there was saying, oh, who's that? And someone goes, that's Conor McGregor. Like, obviously, these guys are UFC yeah. fighters. Robots, they, man. Yeah. Who is that? And now now you get Connor, the rivalries McGregor. and stuff, and you're thinking, wait, Conor McGregor's going up against someone from that other party who he tried to assault in a bus. Like, this is Show, a ticket. Showtime gets a great exclusive pre-fight interview. Oh, you know, yeah. What, like, what a comeback story for oh, him. Yeah. Um, I mean, all these you can lines. add this on to the Conor McGregor movie part two. This is going to be good stuff. They do have us talking about it. Darn it. Yeah, man. they have a cup of Joe and Jimmy talking about it, so it's working. We are We are playing into it. Shoot. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, that was going to be really quick. Uh, If we ever learn more about UFC, we're going to talk about it more. And I think we might start now because it's getting big because they pulled off this stunt. So, uh, yeah, that's it for that. We're going to get into uh, a little spring football talk. We have an interview with Garrett Williams from Clemson University. Garrett, uh, former Under Armour All-American coming out of high school. He is a national champion at Clemson. Um And yeah, just a good guy with a good story. And so we're going to get to talk to him in a second here. Uh, But before the interview, a word from our sponsors. This interview is brought to you by our 15 listeners in Houston. Who the heck are you? Houston, we have a problem. So Garrett, you have won a national championship at Clemson. You've played in a few ACC championships and won those. And you've played in two national championships. So... Walk me through a little bit of what that experience has been like and what this journey's been like for you so far. Yeah, it's been just crazy. When you're going into college, you really don't have uh, any kind of conceptions about what it's going to be like just because you've never done anything like that. But it's been just such a such a wild ride. My first national championship was um, we played in the Fiesta Bowl, which is where the Cardinals play and it just couldn't have been a crazier moment. You know, you're, you're out there for warmups with cameras everywhere, ESPN, uh, commenters, commentators, just talking on the sidelines. It's, it's just a, it's the festivities are incredible. So just kind of being in that environment, my freshman year was such a blessing. And I uh, really think kind of helped me my sophomore year, uh, just kind of be able to uh, take on the moment better. Um, so that, that was a really cool opportunity. Very cool. Yeah, it's been really cool to uh, see you kind of go through that. And I mean, you p- could not have picked a better time to go to Clemson. Uh, the success that yeah. y'all have experienced is just incredible. But yeah, it's been awesome. Fun fact for the fans listening here. I was also recruited by Clemson. Um were you? Yes, there was a picture that I posted with Coach Sweeney on Instagram, and I put on the caption that I had committed to Clemson. At the time, I thought that was a joke, and then before I know it, uh, there was 
a what do you call a reporter, a reporter. That, a reporter that called Coach Jeff Scott and asked if Clemson had just gotten a kicker commit. Yes, that, that <laughs> happened. I love how there was nothing in your I bio that, that said story. you were a kicker. You never, yeah, you never heard that story. It's true, and yeah, they automatically assumed I was a kicker, which I was a little <laughs> bit uh, offended by. But yeah, that's, true yeah, story. That's definitely a little bit offensive, but yeah, took the picture in, at cool. your house in front of a Christmas tree. <laughs> how about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable, Joe. I, I, Joe, I think I think you could, uh, I think you could do it. I think I would have a shot, but yeah. yeah. Joe, did the uh, two four seven recruiting site crash when that photo was uploaded? Oh yeah, I mean, people were just going nuts. All the crystal balls had you going to Miami. Yeah, it was a surprise <laughs> pick, but I really liked uh, what Clemson was doing. Okay, anyway, Garrett. <laughs> um, so last year you redshirted due to an ACL injury. So what has been the rehab process and the recovery process like, and how has the knee held up during spring football? Yeah, well, first of all, the knee's held up great during spring football. Um, it's, I, I couldn't be more happy with it. But the recovery process was, it was long, um, kind of tough just being out, but really definitely th- think it uh, strengthened me as a player and as a person for sure. But yeah, like I said, it was long. Um, in the beginning, it was uh, just real slow, just l- allowing the knee to heal and everything. There's not much you can do in the beginning. And then and then as we kind of got into summer training, just having to sit out from that, not be re- being really a, as a part of a team, as a part of the team as I had been in the past. Um, so that was difficult. And then I made the decision about midway through the season. So through the whole season, I was trying to get back to be able to play um, in the latter latter portion of it, and then hopefully in the uh, in the playoff. But uh, I just I just decided midway through the season to try to get a medical and and just take it slow, not rush it, because I've heard a lot of kind of horror stories from people who rushed it and torn it again. So I didn't want anything like that to happen to it. So I decided to redshirt and take it slow. And uh, I couldn't be more happy with that decision. Now it was hard in the moment just to see guys play and me not be able to contribute at all you kind of feel worthless a little bit but that 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 year definitely benefited me and now that I'm back and I almost have a greater appreciation for the game than I did before the injury so I in the end I think it's actually going to make me a better player than if I hadn't got hurt which is kind of crazy to think yeah absolutely yeah we love to hear that you're getting healthy um Jimmy you had a question yeah Garrett um we like our listeners to maybe learn a little something on here. So I'm glad you brought up like the whole uh, like medical redshirt process and stuff. Can you kind of explain yeah. how that all works and with eligibility, how many years you have left and how all that thing, yeah, that process works? Yeah. So um, I did not redshirt coming into college. So I'm not exactly sure if somebody redshirts um, coming into college, if they still can use a medical or not. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. I think there are cases to where you can. Um, I did not redshirt coming into college, so it was easy for me. Um, when I when I got hurt, and uh, since I didn't play in any games in the beginning of the season, um, I was able to apply for medical redshirt, and gave, they gave it to me, which is, which means just that uh, basically towards my eligibility for college football though, that year kind of didn't count. Like it was just as a, a practice year, basically, or, or just time for me to try to get healthy again. And so I still have two more years of eligibility to play college ball. So if I wouldn't have redshirted, I would be a senior this year 
and this would be my last year um, as far as next season, my last season to play. However, since um, I was able to get that medical, I'll have this year and the following year. Gotcha. Did you ever actually wear a red shirt? <laughs> I did not wear one. I actually wore a yellow shirt because that is the color that we wear when you cannot practice. Ah, all right. Learn something new. There you go. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm getting a phone go. call from here. That's a disaster. Okay. I'm not going to edit that out. Hang on. All right. Wow. Just hung up on that kid. Joe's reeling. Wow. All right. Yeah. Now I'm sweating. There we go. Okay. Wow, Back to Joe. my notes. You got to um, pick it up. Come on. Come yeah. on. Got to, got to refocus here. Mm, wow. All right. Yeah. What have you seen from the team this spring during spring practice? You have your spring game, your, the, the, yeah, the spring football game, of course, coming up on Saturday. So what have you seen from this group that gets you excited for the fall season? Yeah, I've just seen leadership. So the last two years, um, the last two seasons, uh, we've been really since I've actually been there. So the last three seasons, we've been a younger team. Um, this year, we're definitely a veteran team. And at every single position group, there's leaders. Um, I mean, literally everyone. It's awesome to see see guys getting extra work when we're not supposed to when we're, when we're not uh, technically have anything to do on a certain day people will be out on the field working with their segments which is awesome and and just through spring ball the um the competition at every group just because we are a veteran group there's a ton of guys who deserve to play and only 11 can go out on the field at one time um for each side of the ball so just the competition that every every position has been incredible um I'm really really looking forward to seeing how the spring game goes and then just how into summer how guys develop even further than into fall camp and just getting the thing started. And I think, yeah, talking about kind of those specific players that have stood out, Luke, what you had a question for him. Yeah. I know, I know uh, Trevor Lawrence early enrolled. Um, maybe it's him, maybe it's not, but I was wondering if there is a specific player that you have seen stand out as a potential difference maker this fall. Yeah, Trevor has been great. All the quarterbacks have been great. Um, but Trevor, uh, I've been able to catch a few balls from him, and he throws a crisp football. I mean, it is hard. If you don't get your head around fast enough, it's it's zooming right past you for sure. But he can put it in there. Uh, I think he's I think he's a smart player. He's, I mean, literally just he's supposed to be in high school right now. He's out here really playing well and at a high level, I think. So, um, yeah, he's definitely one that's been – that's been having a great spring. Um, but like I said, all the quarterbacks have been doing well. Kelly's had a great spring. Um, the other two, Chase and Hunter, have also done well. So, But, yeah, Trevor's, Trevor's been awesome. Um, but, there's yeah, there's, it's hard to pinpoint just one or two guys because there's been so many people who have made plays and have stood out. But um, uh, the defense has done an incredible job, that defense line specifically, if you want to point out a few people. Um, they're just they're nasty and they're hard to block. Disgusting. Yeah, few people yeah, have stayed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're they're tough to block each practice. I mean, you got to bring your A game every rep, but um, it gets everybody better for sure. And I can definitely say we're going best against the best defensive line in the country. So that's going to help us as an offense for sure. Quick Way question, deep. Quick question on uh, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> uh, he has a pretty nice set of hair on him. Um, What's your what's your opinion? Think he needs a haircut or keep the keep the long hair? You know, um, people have been calling him Sunshine. Uh, he's been 
I like it though. I mean, it's it's definitely long. I couldn't do it, but he I think he can pull it off. Okay, Garrett, I have a question for you now. You gotta be you gotta be honest with me. Why I got you. No, not why. Man, I'm still I'm still reeling from that mid mid interview phone call. <laughs> How scared are you of facing Miami in the ACC title game this year? Oh, Joe. I am focused on Texas A&M and not worried about that far down the down the road. We got Furman first. We follow follow up with Texas A&M in Texas. You know, I'm not even worried about Miami. Uh-huh. When we get there, I'm, when, we, when we when we get there, uh, you're, you're definitely going to be disappointed. Okay. <laughs> do you, Do you think if you guys play Miami in the ACC championship that we could score a touchdown? You guys for the first time in in the past three appearances. <laughs> I do think that would happen. Yes. It's true. Yeah, Garrett has never seen Miami score a touchdown against them. No, we were at the fifty-eight nothing Miami Clemson loss, and unfortunately, I had to leave at half. I've never left at half at a football game, but that was that was a very dark day. Yeah, y'all couldn't withstand it, but but it got you guys a new coach, though. You did. That's why I'll forever be in debt to Clemson University. Okay, um, I'm gonna take your mind back now to high school. And because Garrett, I have yeah. a little beef to pick with you, to be honest here. All right. So okay. I, I really appreciate you with appreciate Wait. you with being honest. Yeah. What's that, Luke? <laughs> do you have some beef to pick with him or a bone to pick with him? Or do you have or you just have beef with him? The beef was on the bone. Okay. I picked the beef off. <laughs> just just clarifying. Okay. Uh man, now I have no clue where I am. Very flustered. It's okay. okay, yeah. High school baseball is where we're gonna go here. Oh, here we There's go. There's a dark time in my high school baseball memory of when I gave up back-to-back home runs against Orangewood. Two bombs okay. to left field. I but right those. before these home runs were hit, there was two outs at the time, and I was able to get the number two batter to fly out to right field. The ball was going foul, but it was headed to right field. Garrett, do you know who was in right field at this time? I'm assuming it was me. It was you. And, uh, Did I drop it? Garrett, you dropped it. You dropped the fly ball, and then I proceeded to give up back-to-back home runs, and Coach Pledger yelled at me. Oh, my. So I think I dropped my fair share of balls in right, for yeah. sure. I just I had to clear the air and get people to realize that those home runs were not on me. They were on you. I made my fair share of errors at third base against Orange as well, so I think that could have been my fault as well, Joe. <laughs> I know you guys had Foster on the show weeks back. I remember yes. we were playing, I think it was Lake Highland. At Tinker Field over there by the Citrus Bowl. Yes, and um, I was I was in right field then, and he was pitching. And I don't think we beat Lake Highland that year or something, but uh, he got somebody to fly out to right, and I dropped it. I literally <laughs> don't think he talked to me for the rest of the semester. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's just the worst feeling. So, yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, I have another high school question. Um, do you have a favorite memory from high school football? Yeah, there's so many, but definitely, um, you know, the the whole my whole sophomore year, your senior year, Luke was just incredible. Like when, when we beat Jones, I don't think you could really top that in a high school memory. Yeah, that was a good year. Um, that was a great year, and even even in our loss to Madison County, just being able to go up there and, and play in the semifinal and uh, play a historic program like that, man, it was just all those all those those memories are just special. Um, so. But yeah, I would probably say if I had to pick one, it was that that win at Jones was pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm 
I'm pretty confident in saying that we didn't face a quarterback all year that had more than three seconds to throw the ball with us on the, on the end. <laughs> yeah, it was it was us too. Remember that uh, one-handed interception for a touchdown you had, wasn't it? Oh, who could forget? <laughs> yes, I do remember. It <laughs> <laughs> was a fun time. Was that your favorite memory? I'd have to say so, probably, yeah. I remember when you guys beat Jones because I remember seeing that game on the schedule. I was like, how in the world are we going to match up against Jones? You guys destroyed him. Yeah, we told Coach Kennard the same thing. Oh, he saw the schedule? <laughs> I like, remember. Coach Kennard, what do you think? We saw the schedule and said, how on earth are we going to beat these guys? And we did, so that was pretty how cool. How are we going to do this? <laughs> and they had a good team that year, too. They had uh, a bunch of guys going going to play college ball. I remember we were practicing on the baseball field, actually, and we were getting hounded at from beyond the fence by some guys yep. who come up to the fence and say we were going to get our butts beat. They didn't, they didn't use butt, but they they said we were getting our, <laughs> our, butts, our butts beat hey, on tush. Friday by Jones. Yep, I remember <laughs> that. That was awesome. <laughs> Garrett, I remember first period of Spanish 2, I believe it was, that I had with you. And I remember looking over one day, early in the morning, and in your right hand, I, I see you're eating something. I'm like, all right, that's fine. It's breakfast in the morning. <laughs> you have a full hot potato in your hand, and you're eating it as if you were eating an apple. Eating it like a power bar. So that just got me thinking, Garrett, you're a, you're a huge human being. Um, what's your daily caloric intake? What, what's your normal diet look like? Well, back then, I think my metabolism must have been a little slower, I mean, a little faster than it is now, because um, I probably don't even eat as much as I did then, but um, the thing's a little easier for me to gain weight, but I just could not keep weight on in high school, so I would eat, I would do that with steaks, too. I'd wrap them up in tinfoil and just um, eat them throughout class. Like it's a protein bar. uh, (laughs) It's a little bit more tasty than a protein bar, too, but I, I think in high school, I was trying to get around... 4,500 calories a day. I could not keep weight. That'd on, probably but, kill me. But, <laughs> but 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 now it's it's not quite that that drastic now because it's a little easier. Yeah, I mean we I would go out to dinner with you, a nice steak dinner at Texas Roadhouse, and then we'd come back and you'd order a large pizza, and it scared me. <laughs> that sounds fun though. Yeah, to be able to eat 4,500 calories I in think a day. Eating is like a chore at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah, Garrett, I've heard I, you don't I, really I like agree. eating. I've actually Joe's told no. me that before. No, I take for I, Joe's been at dinner with me before. I take for I'm always the last one finished. Fairly, so yeah. it's just I, I do not like to eat, but it's just kind of something I have to do at this stage of my life. So yeah, I think you've eaten every stage it. of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite as much. So. Okay, so before we close out this interview, Luke has some rapid fire questions ready, but I want to ask you. One tw- one question. This is a, this is back to being a serious question. But why will Clemson compete for a national championship this year? Yeah, um, just kind of going off what I said earlier. It's because of leadership. Um, we got leadership everywhere, from the Christian Wilkins on the team to um, guys who may not speak as much but are leading just as just as well um, by example and in, in the weight room and um, on the practice field. So. I would just say that we got we have leadership um, on offense, leadership on defense, and that's that's why we are going to contend this year. I like it. I like it. Well, I am looking forward to uh, seeing you guys make a run again. So here we go. Yeah. Rapid fire questions. Luke's got them. First answer that comes to your mind is what we're looking for. All right. Gary, are you ready? 
I think I'm ready. Okay. First question. Dark or milk chocolate? Dark. Yes. Good yes. choice. Is Betty White dead or alive? Alive? That's correct. Yeah, nice. Did I we thought look she it up? was dead. Yeah, yeah Sean Connery. Okay, that, but yeah. <laughs> it was a guess. That's correct. Who, okay. who is your celebrity crush? Now, we know you have a girlfriend, but it's just a celebrity crush. No deep feelings. Just could be a man. Mine's Tiger Woods. Could be a man. Ben, did, ben said a man, didn't he? He said Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds, yes. Yeah, that was a little weird. Okay. Sadie Robertson. That's a good oh, one. Okay, okay. Is that is that Duck Dynasty girl? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's the Duck Dynasty girl. What weapon would you use in the Hunger Games? Uh, do I have the option of a sword? Is that an option? You do. Yes, yes. Okay, I'll take that. Are you skilled with a sword? I think I can learn. But what about the people that have guns? Okay, you know what? That's your no, weapon. No one, no one has guns in the Hunger Games. Yeah, it's just isn't it just like bow and arrows? Yeah, it's and like bow and arrows, and knives. So yeah, you wouldn't be but able they to had, hit 50 yards within Katniss. But they had bombs. <laughs> well, she made a bomb. I had no, they had those mortars it. that protected the... That's true, but I think the game makers put this in. Moving right, on. Whatever. Sword, cool. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, favorite hobby outside of football? Um, it's just kind of anything outside, I'd have to say. Okay, nature guy. Love Specific, it. like it. <laughs> Specific. <laughs> if, if there, just anything outside. If there, was, if there was a movie made about Garrett Williams, what actor would you choose to play? You. Oh, man. Play Garrett. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sadie Robertson. <laughs> I'd probably say Chain Tatum because I have pretty good looks. Oh, okay. I, I like that. I could see it honestly. NFL player, you try and model your game after. Um, we don't play the same position, but definitely JJ Watt, just because the intensity he brings. Nice. He plays tight end sometimes. That is true. He does. I did not think about that. Catches a few touchdowns every now and then. <laughs> All right, Gary. This is our last rapid fire question. Go ahead. Who was the 2017 college football national champion? Alabama or UCF? Oh, my God. UC, I mean, not UCF. It's Alabama all day. I do not understand why you guys say it's UCF. Now you're talking to a former UCF player here. Not me, I know not me. that, Luke. <laughs> I know that. Wow, so you are, that, you're though. pretty much against the UCF calling themselves national champions? Oh, yes. I, I, I tell that to my sister all the time. She goes to UCF. <laughs> And I, I'm definitely good. Good. Who who did Alabama the oh boy the uh, it's getting, it's getting in good. quotes <laughs> college football national champion lose to this year? Their one loss. Who did they lose? Yep. It was it wasn't it uh, Auburn, right? Yep. And who did UCF beat in their final game in 2017? You just you just can't <laughs> say that though. You, I mean, we lost to Syracuse. So Miami beat so, Syracuse. Uh, but so who, who did Miami beat? Race win the ACC champions. Who did you who did UCF lose to this year? I mean, you have a point, but they didn't play in the national championship game. Because so we, we were invited. We were invited. Loyola was invited to the NCAA tournament, but UCF can't get invited to the college football. I think the valid argument for UCF comes with Alabama claiming it that 1941 or 1943 national championship, whichever, what, I forget which date it was, because they weren't number one. Okay, we're dragging Garrett <laughs> into, a, into a, a conversation we could talk about for a while. I'm disappointed, Garrett. That's okay. <laughs> but Garrett does have a... 100% legitimate national championship under his belt. So, 
Garrett, thank you for coming on and we really appreciate the time and we hope that you continue to get healthy and that you just have a prosperous fall of 20, uh, what would that be, 18? Well, that, thank you guys for having me on. I hope you score a lot of touchdowns against Miami, but maybe but still lose. Yeah. yeah, maybe we get one more. <laughs> maybe y'all can have one touchdown like you were just saying. Just give us one. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Garrett. Well, we will, uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. Yeah. See you, Garrett. See you, Garrett. Okay, everyone. It is your favorite time of the episode. It is time for Sports Trivia. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought we were going to have a little jingle in there, but I just made it up myself. Um, okay, we have with us Mackenzie McNeil. Welcome back. How are you doing today? Doing great. Great, great. Okay, <coughs> set of five questions. You guys know how it works. We're going to see how Mackenzie fares. Uh, oh, and disclaimer, these are a second set of questions. The first set of questions we asked her, she did very well on five out of five, so that we could not have that on our show we have to have at least one wrong. And so we have a new set of questions. We'll see how she does. Jimmy, would you ask the first question, please? Mackenzie, we were just out there watching the Masters tournament as a group, and we saw who came in first and who finished with the championship. Mackenzie, who won the Masters? Um, his last name is Deed. Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds was a very good movie. Unfortunately, his last name was Reed. Can you give me a first name? Um, I don't know. That's all right. That's all right. I would. It's okay. It happened a long time ago. Yeah. It uh, happened probably in a, an hour ago that we were all watching together. Um, it was Patrick Reed, Mackenzie, but that's okay. Um, moving on. We 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 can we can keep going. We can recover. Um, all right, next question. What color is the jacket that you win when you win the Masters? Green. Green. Correct. Ver Wait, what was that? What was the last uh, part? Um, I was going to translate in Spanish and say Vero. Isn't that Verde? Yeah, good thing oh, that wasn't God. question Vero number Beach. three. Vero Beach. Oh, Verde. Good thing that wasn't the question. Green beach. <laughs> is that a green beach? Yeah. Yeah. They recycle a lot there? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, let's see. Mackenzie, what is the name of... Oh, wait, I'm, I'm reading this question wrong. Sorry about this. Yeah, okay. Odd way to put it, Jimmy. Um, oh, I see what the question is. Okay, my bad, my bad. I was Okay, what is the name of the object that you hit your golf ball off of when you hit your drive? So you put your golf ball on something... Mm -hmm. With you with your driver, what what is that? I don't know what it's called, but I know it's a wooden peg with a flat surface. A wooden peg. Can can you just guess a letter of the alphabet? It's the Q. The Q. The Q. Q that is uh, billiards. Give me. Try one more letter. The blank we'll box. It's is a hint. You put this thing when you're standing on the blank box. I'm going to need an answer, please. The tea box. Yes, tea. yes. Wow. Yes, it is the tea. All right. Cool, cool. What's the normal? What a peg. What's the normal? timber. Walk the plank. All right, next question. Cool, cool. 
Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> you get a three on a par five. What is that called? An eagle. Swoop. Very good. What's a two on a par five? Go. Uh, um, a hawk. It's a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know a three or a four under par five is a birdie, and a six nice. under par five is a bogey. Nice, nice. Excellent. We asked what a two was, and that is an albatross. Or, or a double, a double eagle. eagle. Or just a very good score that I'll never get in my life. Final question here. Mackenzie, doing pretty good. I think we're two for four. Yeah, two for four. Okay. What position did our very own Luke Ebsmeyer play in football? I know it's not right, and I apologize, Luke, but I, I, I said long back, and I'm not even sure if that's real, but <clears throat> I just don't know. I'm sorry, Luke. Long back sounds like a type of dinosaur. Yes, that is... Not only not Luke's position, but that's not a position. What'd you play, Luke? Long snapper. UCF Knights. You had the long part right. That's very good. Yes, I had that part right. So, yeah. I think you had a much better performance this time. I'm very proud of you. Much better. Yeah, way to redeem yourself. We even had to give you a new batch of questions. Two out of five, you still failed, but... Yeah, two out of five, still, you're not not passing. D's don't get degrees, but... All right, Mackenzie, you want uh, anything... Any last words you want to say before before we boot you out of the room? Um, no last words. Excellent. Okay, that is sports trivia. Mackenzie McNeil with the two out of five performance. And remember, if you think you can do better, we dare you. Come on the show. We will have a set of questions that out that we will customize just for your liking. If you're a sports buff, we're gonna make them difficult. If you're a newbie, we'll make them easy. But uh, yeah. Just ask Chewbacca. Yeah. I think I don't even think Chewbacca's in here right now. No, Chewy. No, he's, I see him peering in the in the, he, in the door right now. He is here. Chewy, you, we told you you can't speak on the podcast. No, Chewy. <sighs> Chewy and Mackenzie out of the room. Out of the room. Okay, guys, that's sports trivia. That's our segment. We hope you loved it. As always, follow us on a cup of J and J on Twitter. Like us on Facebook subscribe on SoundCloud, give us a review on iTunes, figure out what Google Play is, and something called Stitcher. But yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in. And yeah, we will be running some polls, and we'll be interacting with you guys throughout the week. But until next week, this is a cup of Joe and Jimmy. Have a good one. Vero. Aloha. Woo!